hello and welcome to the Sharp Side Podcast. I'm your host, Chaz Prada, and joining me to break down college football week eight is James Bitter. James, how we doing? Excellent. Both rooting on the Eagles, um, the time of recording. Um, but let's see what happened last weekend. I feel like, oh, Bama just dispensed of Georgia. That was excellent. Yeah. Yeah, but if Georgia gets like better quarterback play, I do, and that's a rematch in the SEC championship. I'm going to look to play Georgia, especially first half. Last three times they've played, Georgia's led at half. So, yeah, just um, hold on, J- hold on to that for two months. Yeah, JT Daniels uh, could. I think he's going to be a, a significant upgrade over Stetson Bennett. I'm very you know, curious I to see significant upgrades after watching that performance. I uh, did. I don't know. Like, like I, I, th- I think he, he was like okay. Yeah, he made some good throws, but he also missed some throws he had to hit. That's true. I'd agree with that. Still a good football game to watch. I loved all the scoring. Oh, yeah. Good for for the over and Bama minus six backers. Yep, which we both threw out on this pod and tweeted, I believe. Either or maybe we did. Uh, We tweeted Bama. I don't think I don't know about the over. But we did talk about it on the pod. Yeah, I I, I was slurping the uh, the over on, on this pod. Um, ooh, nice Carson was t- touchdown. Um, uh, that's about it from last weekend. Uh, I mean, another winning week. We both went three and two in our top five. Um, you were tweeting tweeting uh, plays on Saturday. I believe those did well. Yep. Most of them were what we already talked about on the pod, but yeah, like you said, and another winning week. No large dogs last week. We didn't see any big dogs barking, and really, I didn't see any huge upsets on Saturday either. So this week is changing though, and I'm excited. I love yeah. me some college underdogs this weekend. Uh, so I let's agree. just get right into it. We'll uh, we'll start with you. Hit your uh, number one play, and that is. Pitch traveling to Indiana to take on Notre Dame. Um, yeah. The Pitt Panthers are 11 point dogs on the road, and the total is sitting at 42 and a half. So, low total. Yeah, you flipped it. Pitt's at home here. Oh, Pitt's at home. Oh, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. Here you go. Tell me why you like Pitt. Uh, I had the spot circled last week watching Notre Dame play. They looked really bad against Louisville, and they struggled all game. And Louisville is not a very good team. High expectations. We talked about them a little bit on the pod earlier. But uh, we and Pitt was my favorite play last week, too, funny enough. And I felt a little fortunate with the cover against Miami. But I feel a lot stronger here. Um, just a few trends coming into this game. Notre Dame, I think they're ranked number three right now in the AP pool. Under Narduzzi, Pitt is 4-1 and against the spread against top five opponents, and they've had some pretty crazy performances. They beat Miami a few years ago. Miami was 11-0 going into week 12. Uh, they beat UCF last year's dogs at home, and then they went on the road at Clemson a few years ago and won. So Narduzzi's a pretty good coach as an underdog. As, in general, don't really like him. It's also a really historical matchup. Uh, Pitt and Notre Dame have been playing a long time. Back in the early 1900s, both of them ran it, and they were some of the powerhouses of the Ivy League schools. Uh, and 10 of the last 12 meetings between these two, 10 of the 12 uh, meetings between these these two schools have been decided by a possession or less. So I think all the trends say this is going to be a pretty close game. And also Narduzzi has faced Kelly before on the road. And it was the year Notre Dame made the college football playoff. And it was Notre Dame's closest game. They only won at home 19 to 14. So every trend I've seen so far is leading me to Pitt. And what my eyes have shown me so far this season it's coming in off a three-game losing streak. I think we're getting a pretty good buy low spot here. And what I don't understand is this opened around eight to nine. It's kind of jumped up to ten. Now it's right around nine and a half again. Uh, but this total opened at 49 or 50, and it's all the way down to 42 and a half now. So if that total keeps going down, who's betting the favorite here? I just like it's counterintuitive to me, and I really like it. I think it's a strength on strength matchup. Pitts. D-line matches up really well with Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's got a great O-line, probably one of the best in the country. I think you said you think they have the best, right? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's them or Georgia for me, I think. Yeah, but last week they gave four sacks to Louisville. So imagine what this front could do for Pitt. Yeah. And I think I, – I don't think Pitt's going to play super crazy. Narduzzi is a really conservative coach. 
So I don't think they're going to be taking crazy shots like you, you see some large underdogs do. I think they play up to Notre Dame's level here. Notre Dame plays down to their level. I think this is a possession game all the way through. I actually like like bit on the money line. We'll talk about a little. We'll talk about that a little later as well. Um, I'm currently looking to see if Kenny Pickett is out. It's looking like I think he is. That's I, not good. Way, I, I, because that quarterback looked, looked last horrible week. last week. Yeah, but I'm Kenny sure. Pickett also has problems too. Like he, yeah, for being a like being there forever, it feels like he turns the ball over a lot too. So it's, I wouldn't say it's a significant downgrade. I think I, I don't know. I I do see what you're saying, but like still, Pickett like he can make throws that what was his name Joey Yellen or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Joey Yellen. Yeah, he makes throws that that guy can't. I mean, and I'm just judging that off one game against Miami, but I mean. He didn't play that bad though. They, he stalled a lot in that red zone, and like they, Miami did have a few fluky turnovers that set it up right on the doorstep that kind of gave us some points. So I, I didn't take a, a lot away from last week. I was more pressed with Miami than Pitt, but I think this is mostly just the fate of Notre Dame and a really good spot for Pitt. And we're like in a spot they've excelled in the past. Okay, I I, I can get behind that. Um, I think I threw out Notre Dame last week, so I was a little disappointed with them. One thing I will say, I think they possibly could have been looking ahead um yeah yeah maybe i mean I, their, their schedule's been pretty soft another stat i saw was that's notre true dame's, notre dame's opponents that they've beaten so far have combined three fbs wins so i mean oh wow what do we really know about them so far yeah, it, that, i guess we get that, that too so we'll see i really like Pitt though yeah that's why they're my favorite play so makes sense we'll it's it's tra- it's Movement. It's looking like it's going to move back down below ten. So I would hop yeah, on grabs, that as soon as possible. Grab some ten earlier today. But I'm a little disappointed in myself for not grabbing an eleven yesterday when I started writing these notes down. Thought we might get up a little more, but today money's coming on pit. So yeah. Um, and I felt like looking at it, looking at this matchup like a week or two ago, like we were thinking like that this would be a really good spot for Pitt. So. I've yeah. uh, you're actually kind of convinced me to put something down on pit. Um, It'd be a good investment. <laughs> All right. Number one for me. And we're going to take Cincinnati, Cincinnati traveling to uh, Dallas, right? That's where SMU is. Correct. Yeah. To take on uh, the Mustangs and I'm going to be, and I actually, I already have a uh, nice little bet on Cincinnati on the money line. Um, this is one of the best def- defensive fronts in the nation, I think. And I watching SMU play Tulane last week, it's, they're really missing. Uh, they lost a, one of their two starting running backs and uh, probably their best receiver. Yes. And that, that, that offense needed them both uh, very badly. Um, so I think that, Buchel is finally going to have a um, like a, a real test this week. But the one thing, the one thing that really makes me like this game is, I think Luke Fickle, the coach of Cincinnati, I think he intentionally wanted to buy before this game, because one thing he said was, um, last week they didn't play and they're supposed to play Tulsa, and Tulsa is a good team, so maybe they didn't want to play Tulsa. But I think they wanted a chance to prepare for this offense, and Sonny Dykes runs a good offense. And he says, I worry about the airplane, and is that some of the issues with teams that have traveled? There's some things, I think, internally internally that we're just making sure that we're really all on the same page on how we're going to do things. Like, he said there was uh, COVID issues, but it never really came out if anyone had tested positive or who had tested positive. So I think that this extra week is huge for them because I think that uh, if it was to a key player or something, then they'll, they'll be ready this week. Either way, I think it's huge to have an extra week to prepare for SMU. So I love the spot for Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I kind of lean to Cincinnati here. I don't know if I believe they didn't want to play or this like a, it was a bye week for this because I think, if anything, they'll be a little rusty from it. Yeah, they'll have probably have a pretty good game plan, but – uh, they had a buy too the week before, right? Before Tulsa, or is this no? Or is that? Oh, they didn't. I don't oh, think so. I'll check. 
because they anyway, played Army. Talking. Yeah. But like you said, I've been super impressed with SMU so far. Uh, we were both on them last week. They burned us a little bit. It's just their defense isn't great, and we knew that, but Tulane was able to gas them on the ground, and especially in the second half and second quarter on, actually. But this will this probably just be a stay away for me. It's gonna be, I think it's going to be a pretty good game, so definitely one of the games I'll be watching on Saturday. Could be. They, they did. This is, this is actually two weeks. You're right. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, like I was saying, this will be one of the games I'm watching Saturday. It could go a long way in deciding who plays in the conference championship in the AAC since UCS this, didn't feel like this could also week. have like big, like big time, like bowl implication or something. Or yeah, like, for the especially the New Year's. If like Ohio State loses schools. a couple games, I'm sure people will try and make the argument for Cincinnati to go to the college football playoff. Mm, BYU, I, you gotta have BYU ahead of them right now. Or That's, yeah, AAC, that makes sense. Especially after well, what they did. BYU hasn't Cincinnati. played anyone there. Oh, they just beat up on Houston. Yeah, they play SPSU, so we'll see. Yeah, that's true. And Boise State. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't have a ton to add here. This is probably nothing for me. Also, um, I think Desmond Ritter's off to a pretty, I like, a, somewhat of a poor start, and I, I think that this time was like kind of necessary for him to get right because uh, he had a, he showed a lot of promise last year and um, the year before. And I'm not ready to completely write him off yet. All right. Yeah. Uh, we're moving to uh, – we'll, uh, we'll stay in Texas. Um, let's see. This is Texas versus Baylor. Who's at home? Baylor's on the road, right? Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So Baylor Texas travels to home. Texas. Texas is a nine-point home favorite, and the total sitting at 61-and-a-half. What do you think about this game? Give me the under. I don't have much on the sides here, but looking back at last year and last week or two weeks ago now, I guess, uh, I think Texas is going to have to focus on their defense. They had a bye this past weekend, and I went back to last year right around this point. So their first six games, I'm talking about Texas here, uh, against opponents not named Rice or Louisiana Tech, Texas allowed 37.5 points per game. And then they had a bye after they played TCU. And in their final five games, they left 21 points per game. So I think this bye is really important for them, especially for Tom Herman. He's coaching for his job. Sir Yacht earlier in the week dropped another bomb saying Herman's probably done. And Sir Yacht is a pretty credible source now to me after he got the Big Ten back. So I think Herman's going to spend a lot of time on the defense in the, like this two-week period. I don't think Baylor's very good offensively either. Like Charlie Brewer is still there. He's – a good college quarterback, but Dave Aranda is also defensive-minded head coach. So I think they'll play to their strengths here. And Texas strength is not their defense, but I think they can sh- they can do enough to confuse Baylor. And they'll, their offense should be a little rusty too. So I think this will be a low-scoring game, something like a 24-20, 27-20 type of game. Give me the under. Yeah, uh, that makes plenty of sense to me. Um, Dave Aranda is a very good defensive coach, too. I think they'll have him ready. Everyone kind of had a bye coming off this. Um, I really like this bet. It's still at 61 and a half, too, um, and I would expect it to come down. Um, yeah, opened at 65. Still like it at 61. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I I really sh- – I the Baylor o- offense is just also just horrible. Yeah, and I don't think the Texas defense is very good, but I don't see how Baylor scores a bunch in this game. Yeah, and I don't think Texas is necessarily like giving up or will be like it'll be a letdown for them because everyone in the Big 12 except for Oklahoma State has lost, and Oklahoma State is going to get their fair share losses. They have not looked good so far. And a sneak peek, we think that ha- the first one's this Saturday, but I think Texas will be motivated for this game, a huge in-state game as well. So I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. All right. Um, my number two play is on Indiana, who hosts Penn State this week. Uh, they're six-point home dogs, and I also really like them on the money line. You'll probably be able to find that around two to one. Um, let me get to my notes here really quick. Okay, so Indiana has a bunch of returning production on defense, and they, uh, they also returned their very good dual-threat quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., um, the other good thing about them is that they bring back one of the better running backs in the Big Ten, Stevie Sims, and uh, two uh, good um, receivers. Uh, one of them, Wap Filor, which is a wild name, if you ask me. 
but I, I expect him to get drafted in the NFL draft this year. Um, the O-line brings back two tackles and their center. Um, I They had uh, one of their guards who comes back is uh, took snaps last year, but he didn't start. Um, so I do expect the O-line to be pretty good, uh, some continuity there. Um, overall, I think Indiana is going to be a good bet on team for me this year. Um, I, I think James Franklin gets a little too much credit. Not that I think he's a bad coach by any means, but um, I think that he's had like enough talent to steal a couple games and he's been in the position to beat Ohio state a couple times. And he just hasn't been able to do it. Um, and I, I mean, when something like that happens over and over again, it kind of says something about you as a coach. Um, but moving on to Penn state here. So Coming in the year, they people they were uh, like a pretty popular pick to be a top five, top four team, even challenging Ohio State. But um, they've since lost Micah Parsons, who's opted out. Their best offensive player, Journey Brown, a running back who could go and he, I mean, he could be a top first or second round draft pick. Uh, really, he's, similar Miles Sanders. Yes, he he was phenomenal last year. Um, him and Noah Kane, who's still on the team, were uh, just dynamic together. Um, but he's not playing. He it looked like he has a, a medical issue that's going to keep him out of the year or out for the year. Um, and finally, Sean Clifford he he uh, he gets a little love. I don't really see it. Last, uh, also, no more KJ Hamler this year. He just elevated the, the the passing game to another level. But when KJ Hamler didn't play last year, the passing game really struggled. And while they they have a, I hope I get this name. Correct, Pat Freer, Freermouth, Freermouth, or something like that. Freermouth or something. Freermouth. That's that's probably right. That sounds a lot better. Um, he's phenomenal as a tight end. He'll be a early pick too. But um, like, there's just not a, a lot of weapons, and they're going to be relying on freshmen to make these plays. And their O line is solid, not great. And I I expect I think Indiana's going to be able to move the ball on a weaker. Um, Penn State secondary and Penn State has like uh, I was looking at a stat and like they lost 70% of their tackles from last year nine of their yeah. leading tw- of their 12 leading tacklers from uh, last season are gone now and like they had elite elite pass rushers and Pars- Parsons Michael the impact of Michael Parsons cannot be understated he is a top five pick this year like yep. he is a beast and without him there that is very hard to replace Give me Indiana on the money line. They're winning this game. I I even was getting a little ahead of myself. I saw that they were 150 to one to win the Big 12 or the Big 10. I put I put a couple bucks on that. Give me Indiana this year. They have a squad. Yeah, I, I lean Indiana. I might end up betting it if it stays at six. Coming into the year, I was really high on Penn State over the summer. I was actually I was gonna write up an article, a preview of them potentially winning the Big Ten. The original schedule had them hosting Ohio state and their only like tough game outside of that was going to uh, Michigan. And if, even if they lost that game and beat Ohio state, I think they have the tiebreaker to go to the big 10 championship. So they were like five to one. So I really liked it. Then obviously COVID happened and now that everything's been shuffled around and no Micah Parsons makes it a huge difference. But this, this Indiana squad, like you said, sneaky. And I think a lot of the public will want to bet Penn state. If you think about traditional Indiana football, probably pretty bad. Like coming into this game, I know for a fact their record against Penn State is one in twenty-four. So, who wants to back that, right? Historical outlier, but Indiana could be sneaky. I kind of like it. They're winning, dude. I also think that Indiana's gonna have good, uh, like a, a good special teams this year, which that's always nice. That's always a uh, like. So if I'm like, if I'm like really close to betting a team, but I don't want to, if I. If, like, I'm looking, I see they have, like, a really good punter, a really good kicker. Uh, like, normally, um, like, it makes me want to um, bet on the team. It's like a little tiebreaker of sorts. Yeah. And I expect Penn State to take a little hit on special teams. Like, K.J. Hamler was, like, an all-world kick returner, punt returner. And he's not yeah. – his impact is huge. And it's, yeah, it's, but, like, it, I would say it's more felt on offense than on, like, special teams. Oh, oh you know for that. sure. For yeah, sure, because yeah. you know they have just dudes who can run four fours and kind of have like yeah, similar like they'll throw no like, came back there. He's fast as yeah, yeah. Shit. But like ball receiving skills and like contested catches and everything, 
he was elite. So that's a huge loss. Yeah, it's massive. Anyway, let's move on. Two, uh, Minnesota hosts Michigan. And you like this under. Minnesota's getting three points at home. And the total is sitting at 55. Tell me why you like uh, this under. Well, oh, you I like, like Minnesota too. I also yeah, like I Minnesota. Like, yes. Uh, I was really high on it yesterday. I thought there'd be more fans at this game. It's telling me roughly between 800 and 1,500 fans, which is a bummer. But for the first week of the season, I don't know why Michigan's favored by three on the road. They lost one of their top defensive players, new quarterback. And here's a crazy stat. Since 2006, Michigan is 1-20 on the road versus ranked teams, losing about by an average of 15 points per game. And in those 21 games, they're 6-15 and 15 against the spread, and they fail to cover by eight points per game. So I don't know where this respect is coming from. Uh, it originally opened three on Sunday, came all the way back down to one and a half. And then there were some reports came out event about some Minnesota players potentially having COVID. So that's why I kind of jumped back up. But I think Minnesota is able to – they match up well with Michigan. And I think this will be a really defensive game. It's going to be 20, 20-ish degrees. So it's going to be a cold game. I think it's going to be really physical. And you know Minnesota's got those hogs up front, that 6'8 lineman, some other guys. Ibrahim's a stud. And who wants to back Michigan with a first-time quarterback in all of Harwa's troubles on the road against ranked teams? I think P.J. Flex is a really good coach here. I don't, and what I like, I think my favorite bet here is actually the Michigan team total of 28.5. I think that's a ton of points. I already bet the under there. So my favorite play here is probably Michigan team total under 28.5. Don't know how they get there unless that Minnesota secondary or Rundy is just really shaky to start, but I think P.J. Fleck will have a pretty good game plan for this uh, Michigan squad. I agree. Um, I, I I think Rashad Bateman's my favorite receiver in college football this year. He is so oh, – yeah. he, he reminds me of a bunch of Mike Evans. He just wins every single jump ball. Uh, Tanner Morgan's fantastic. I think he's an elite college quarterback. I, um, I bet Minnesota plus three. Um, I'm very excited to watch this game. Um, one thing that – um, I would like to. Ooh, um, one thing I'd like to add is that the uh, Minnesota is a very good O line this year, and um, I think they'll be able to win kind of on like both sides of the trenches because I think their O line is going to be able to control Michigan's good D line, but I also think Minnesota has a better um, D line than Michigan's O line, so I think they're going to have advantages on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I, I in the past you'd think Michigan's way more talented because like the guys that recruit in Minnesota, but I'm telling you, PJ Fleck has done an incredible job the last three oh, years. Eleven and two, so much momentum coming in. Yeah, top ten. I, I, I really like Minnesota here, and I, yeah. I forgot to mention Bateman's back too. He originally opted out, so this that's huge, big oh, yeah. boost for them. I think they have the advantage in almost every position on the field. So, yeah, give I me Minnesota agree. here. Uh, Minnesota also has like this massive left tackle or something. And he's like 400. Pounds. Yeah, that's the guy I was talking about. I, I, he's like I know six, eight, 400. I normally don't watch linemen, but like your eyes are just like naturally drawn to how big he is. It's insane. Yeah. Um, play number three for me is the UAB Blazers getting three points at home, which I'm just stunned by. Uh, they host Louisiana, who, and I know, I know you have uh, some stuff on this, but. Louisiana beat uh, one at Iowa State earlier this year, right? What's that? Louisiana won at Iowa State. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I love this Blazers team. I, I forget their names, but I they aren't running two quarterbacks anymore, and their guy they're going with, it's not Tyler Johnson, it's the other one, but he's very good. Uh, he's a much better passer of the ball than runner, and um, their running back – is fantastic. I think he's one of the more underrated running backs in college football. Um, the defense is good as always. The secondary is fantastic. Um, I, I'm not a fan of Lewis, the quarterback for uh, Louisiana. He, he, he's a great runner, but he just doesn't make like throws when he, when he like really needs to. Um, I don't know. I, I think UAB is going to be able to score, and I think that their defense is going to kind of be able to dictate the game. What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. This is, uh, I think, my fifth favorite play. 
it's a Friday night game too. So as soon oh, as you yes. this pod go I, about it, do your thing. I can't believe this is up to three. UAB opened as a slight favorite. Uh, it's at UAB too. And UAB didn't play football from 2014 to 2016. But since the program was reinstated in 2017, they're 21 and 0 at home. Uh, and I think we're getting a lot of value here because UL Lafayette, like you said, they beat Iowa State by 17, which is really deceiving because they had, a, I think, a defensive and a special teams touchdown. But then the last three weeks, they've played three Sunbelt teams who are all just average to below average Sunbelt teams. They've won by three, two, and three. So if you get the three points here, especially with how UL Lafayette has been playing teams, absolutely love it. I think UAB wins, but I mean, take the three if you want a more sure bet, but UAB, Moneyline Parlay, find something else that we're going to throw out. I like it. Uh, we'll have a round robin, too, at the end that we'll, that we'll yeah. kind of, like, make together. Um, very excited for that. Round, round robins with college football underdogs is the way to do it. Um, yeah, that covers it. Yep. Also, Friday night football. God, you got to love it. Give you something to watch on a, watch on a Friday night. Uh, moving to your number four favorite play, it is Iowa the Iowa State Cyclones traveling to Oklahoma State. Iowa State is a three and a half point dog. I think the total is seen at what fifty one and a half. Is that what I said? The 50, yeah, fifty one and a half, fifty two. I I, I kind of leaned the over, but I'll let you talk about why you like Iowa State so much. Well, I was on Texas Tech Iowa State's last game two weeks ago. And you, you disagree with me a little bit because you said it's Brocktober. And I wasn't a believer at that point. It is Brocktober. It, but it's Brocktober. Brocktober is, a pro, is upon us. Uh, Oklahoma State will get Spencer Sanders back, but it's their first game in three weeks. I think they could be pretty rusty. Iowa State had a bye last week, but I think, I think they're their better team here. And getting three and a half is a lot. Oklahoma State will have fans. We've already seen a pretty decent home field advantage because they're not abiding by the 25%. But I think we're getting some value here because Iowa State's had some deceiving wins and losses. Like, they should not have lost it by 17 against at home against Louisiana. And then the week, the week after, I think they won 37-34 at TCU. They allowed TCU to score on a touchdown to end the game. Uh, last week against – or two, two weeks ago now against Texas Tech, they won 31-15. But they had a blocked field goal they allowed for a touchdown. In the first half, they outgained Texas Tech 320-90. to and they only led 21-7. So they're a solid team. And I think we're getting some value here. I think they win. I'm actually – this This might be a little higher than my fourth favorite play. Give me Iowa State here in the three and a half. Yeah, um, I'm with you there. I, the Iowa, Brees Hall is looking like a future NFL stud at the running back position. Um, I'm talking about running backs too much when, like, in reality, they just don't yeah. really matter that much. But the fact that these running backs are looking good is a sign that the O-line is playing very well. Obviously, Brock Purdy is fantastic. Um, uh, and I lean to this over because I think with Spencer Sanders, the Oklahoma State offense is much better than what has been shown. Chuba Hubbard is allowed to um, play at a higher level. Spencer Sanders is a dual-threat quarterback. He runs the ball well, too. And then finally, Tylen Wallace is a – I think right now he's one of the more underrated receivers in college football. Um, he's not getting the love he deserves because that dude is a beast. Um, so I, I do expect points here. Uh, it's what I didn't like it quite enough to throw it in this top five right here, but um, I think eventually, I, if it does, if it goes any lower, I might, I might have to do it. Um, but yeah, go Cyclones! I think they're winning this game. Another great money yep. play. All right, my number four is Miami minus 12 and a half. Miami coming off a what I thought was a very convincing win against Pitt. Um, and I I think Derek King is doing a lot of good things right now. Um, and I just think they're going to take advantage of a much weaker opponent, especially up front. Derek King had trouble uh, manufacturing and putting like putting drives together. And he threw he, I, he threw a couple bad picks, mostly due to pressure. But I believe Brevin Jordan will be back this week. I think that they're going to be able to move, move the ball uh, much easier. And not that I really think it matters, because I think Brennan Armstrong sucks, but it's looking like he's not going to play. Virginia looked 
very bad on offense last week. And I think that uh, Miami is going to get a uh, margin in a significant manner. Go Hurricanes. Mine's 12 and a half. Yeah, I don't have much here. I talked about the trend last week, Miami laying double digits. Uh, I just don't like much here. I don't trust Miami yet. They looked pretty good last week against a pretty good pit defense. Yeah, I don't got much here. I'll root for Miami with you, but I probably won't have any action on this game. See, I think this is a different offense from what we're used to. And, oh, definitely. And I, I, and I think it's going to help them cover these, these long spreads. Dude, like they should have covered last week. Like they, they just got yeah. – they were boned by Pitt's starting field position. And the defense yeah. was still still looked good enough to like hold them to field goals or like oh yeah unless they got super close to where they scored, so yeah, I, I think I think Miami is a team uh, to back. I I actually think that it. that program's going in the right direction. They just need yeah. to find a, a way to recruit offense more. Definitely. All right. Well, the oh, quarterback it, specifically. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. The Tate. I'm just glad the Tate Martell debacle is over. Um, Thank God. <laughs> he's so bad. He's horrible. And, and it's great that he talked he talked shit to Justin Fields too. And Justin Fields is just well, he's I mean he's the top five pick now. Yeah. Um your number five play was UAB. UAB, yeah. We already kind of covered that. Um so we'll skip to mine. And I know you like this as much uh pretty much as much as I do. We are on Rutgers. Uh, getting getting a couple touchdowns, and we think that Rutgers is live to win this game. Now, I know what you're thinking listening to this. You're saying to yourself, "Why the hell are these idiots betting on Rutgers?" But Rutgers is in a new a new direction now. Greg Schiano is there. He is a football coach through and through. He has previously coached at Rutgers, and I think he had them at. Um, they were a top ten team at one point. Yeah, he had. He made them a really good program, and then as soon as he left, it all fell apart. Yes, and I think he's going to give identity to their defense, which is where they needed it last year. Last year, they had they needed a, it everywhere. Well, see, I think they showed a little bit of promise last year, like more so than like a two-win team normally does, or however many games they won. That's and I, I, th- I think that they had a quarterback who showed flashes of potential, um, just like in like little like backdoors uh, during games. So I think if – and he was a freshman. So I think if he continues to improve – I think he was like a four-star recruit or something. I think Rutgers will be heading in the right direction. And this is – oh, sorry. I didn't, like, set this game up. They're playing at Michigan State, who has a new coach, new quarterback, a bunch of new pieces. And their new coach is Mel Tucker. And I think he is one of the most overrated coaches in this country. Um, like, he, like, he failed miserably at Colorado. He got bailed out by – like two just really talented players. Um, I also, I don't think he moved to Michigan right away. I think that he didn't, uh, like he didn't move there until a couple months ago because of uh, COVID. So I think they're off to a really slow start. Um, yeah, I, I, Michigan State is a team I am going to fade very early on. I struggle to see how they, uh, like just how they move the ball. I, I don't think they're going to be tough enough to get stops. I don't know. I, I'm curious to hear your take on this because I have I really haven't heard it that much yet. Well, I'm looking to fade Michigan State. Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker got a late start. He came in after signing day. And like like you said, I didn't even know he moved out that late. But I'm sure there's not a lot of continuity right now. In uh, Michigan State, like we talked about earlier today, right before we started recording, they were one of those teams in the Big Ten that was trying, I wouldn't say trying not to play, but they weren't voicing their opinions to play like them illinois northwestern those schools are kind of like the head like no we're fine not playing uh and i think that says something i think they know they're in trouble so i think this is a win-win here even if michigan state does cover this we can fade them the week after long term i'm looking to fade michigan state i think they're going to be really bad to start this year really really bad I think the biggest wild card in this game is Rutgers. Does Shiano, does, do they get off to a quick start? If not, I still like them going towards more towards the end of the year. I think I have way more hope for Rutgers right now than Michigan State. I think there's, there's a lot of variance that could happen in this game, but I really like Rutgers' money line in a parlay. 
Absolutely. And I guess there's, I'll, I'm going to look through really quick. Um, I guess before we get into it, uh, Big Ten and the Mountain West start this week. Any, like, really quick, like, do you think, like, a team could sneak up and win the Mountain West this year? SCSU. Yeah. I think there's – Love it. In the, mountain, sex, yeah, baby. in the Mountain Division, I think their, uh, their biggest contender is Wyoming. No one else is really – I think Fresno even took a step back, and they weren't very good last year. And under Brady Hoke, I think they won it one or two times. And the offense was much better under him than it was with Rocky Long the last few years. So I think Brady Hoke's a really good signing. And no, they do they play Boise State regular season? I can't I remember, know. but they're four to one or five to one right now. I think they get to the Mountain West Championship at that point. When they're playing, I don't think they're gonna be four or five to one on the money line. So worth a shot. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um my one worry is they're not going to have any true home games. Not that anyone really will, especially if you're playing in California. Uh, yeah. But they're going to be playing up in Carson, California, not at uh, San Diego because or in San Diego because the stadium's getting demolished. But um, just something to to note. Yeah. Um. Looking through, I'll just try and find like. Oh, Clemson. Oh, I actually kind of want to talk about this game. Clemson plays Syracuse. I really want to bet Clemson. It, even the number is astoundingly big. It's a my Clemson's minus 46. What do you think about that one? Oh, God. Syracuse looks like the worst team in all of Power Five. But then again, we have Michigan State playing Rutgers in two <laughs> days. So I'll have to reevaluate after that. But I mean, they. There's not a point spread big enough for that game where I'd even consider Syracuse. They're so bad. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I even the second stringers are Clemson would be, would be like four touchdown favorites. Oh, at least. Um, yeah. Crazy to see a point spread this high, especially like insane. in a Power Five game. But oh yeah, we'll um, see. We'll see how that work. How that game goes. Probably a lot moving of blood. On, moving on down the line, um, I'm going to skip Ohio State. Ne- Nebraska doesn't have any shot in that game. Um, no. But we'll skip to Oklahoma, who's traveling to TCU. TCU is a seven-point home home dog, two to one on the money line. Totals at fifty-nine. Ooh, that's a low total. Uh, you th- yeah. you think so? That's lower than Baylor, Texas. I like that's what I compared it to last night. That's why I really like the Baylor Texas game, because if any game goes over, I think it's this one over that one. Yeah. But I, I just aside from it here. Yeah, love TCU. Tell me why you like TCU too. Well, last year these two teams played, and it was at the end of the year, and I think Oklahoma was kind of in a funk because they also played Iowa State really close. But Duggan, he didn't pass the ball too well, but he scrambled really well. He ran for over ninety yards last year when they played. Uh, both these teams are coming off a bye, and I don't think Lincoln Riley is a league above Gary Patterson. Like, obviously, Lincoln Riley is a premier coach, but Gary Patterson has been doing this for a long time. Veteran defensive coach, and I'm sure he's going to find a way to confuse Spencer Rattler, who's already had a lot of trouble turning the ball over, and they haven't seen a, D, a team or, like, a scheme that TCU will have ready. And I'm sure TCU's max motivation game here, obviously – Huge home game against Oklahoma, but they're also coming off a kind of a stunning loss at home against K State. By the way, we were on that, but <laughs> that was a fantastic hit, three to one, baby. Yeah, I think that gives us some value here, because if not, I think we're looking at more of like a four and a half, five point game. But if I'm getting seven here, I like the Horn Frogs. Absolutely, uh, plus seven, minus one twenty at Bet Online right now. Um, yep, that's why I got it right out on Bovada. I, I think both teams are going to be able to move the ball. I just expect TCU's defense to get one more stop. And it's Spencer, yeah. Spencer Rattler still has not impressed me. I don't know. You look I, good in that overtime against Texas, though. That's like my only holdback. That's true. Maybe that's what he needed to see to get that confidence and be like, yeah, I'm the man. That's fair. But I like TCU getting, t- getting a touchdown. Yeah. All right, moving on. Auburn travels to Oxford, Mississippi to take on 
uh, Ole, Miss, Ole Miss. And Ole Miss is getting three and a half points, 150 on the money line. Lofty total at 70 and a half. Where are you looking at on this game? Yeah, I bet Ole Miss Sunday night at the opener of three and a half. I thought this would go down, got down to three for a minute. Some places still have it three. It's between three and three and a half now. Uh, I just don't understand the line. Like, obviously, Ole Miss is ungodly bad on defense, but their offense has shown some firepower. And honestly, like, if you go through Auburn's games, they should be 0-4. They should have lost at home against Arkansas. That was a fumble. The SEC does not want Auburn being bad because it looks bad for the rest of the conference. But – and then if you go back to week one, too, Kentucky, they had a – Kentucky was on the one before half, and they threw a pick because Terry Wilson just did dumb shit sometimes. And then Terry Wilson had a couple turnovers on their own and put Auburn on the on the porch. Um, I think we're getting value here, even though Auburn lost last week. Ole Miss kind of got dominated by Arkansas. They made a little run at the end. But they were hindered because – Matt Corral had six interceptions, and as a team, they had seven turnovers. That is insane. And I just don't understand how Auburn is favored on the road against anyone in the SEC right now except outside of Andy, except for they're named Auburn. So I like the three and a half here. The total seems pretty high, but then again, Ole Miss just refuses to play defense. But I like the three and a half here. Yeah, I'm I'm with you here. I don't. I mean, he proves me right every week, but Bonick sucks. And yeah, you've been think, on that train. I, I think if they lose this game, I think Gus Malzahn, I think um, people are going to kind of be calling for his head. And then I'm going to be even more excited to bet against Auburn because then I expect Chad Morris to be the interim head coach. And oh, God. <laughs> I think it's due to him that this offense isn't playing well. I mean, I, yeah, I, lo- horrible, I love to bag on Bonick. But I think it's the way Chad Morris has like kind of designed this offense, and I think they're just not good. And no, the, that, not. Um, I don't know. It's um, I I also I like the also Matt Corral is not going to throw what six picks and fumble. Yeah, it was something insane like that. It was. It's pretty impressive actually. He's not doing that against Auburn. Um, the defense has not been impressive either. I think Ole Miss is going to get their points. I think one way I'm, I might look at this is I think I might bet Ole Miss team total over because I hmm, think the pay, I like that because I'm I'm still not confident Ole Miss being able to get a stop on defense. Yeah, so, that's this that's what's holding me back from really liking this game. Yeah, and what is it? Uh, I said seventy and a half. So yeah, that be that be like they're, oh, they're yeah. saying like thirty six, thirty three. Yeah. Um, ooh, I do. I think Ole Miss scores five touchdowns in this game. I can see it. Yeah. Um, there we go. Ole Miss team total over, over for me. I like that. All right, moving on. Two. Uh, Purdue, where Indiana, or excuse me, Iowa is traveling to Purdue. Purdue is a three-point home dog. This uh, spread's kind of been moving up and down throughout the week. Um, Purdue is plus 130 on the money line. The total is sitting at 53 and a half. I'm kind of leaning towards Iowa. Man, I like too much this weekend. Um, yeah. Tell, uh, you like Iowa too, right? Yes. All right, tell me why. Well, the last underference, when Iowa's been a road favorite, they are 20-0 straight up their last 20 games as a favorite and 17-3 against the spread. So he obviously has this figured out different times, so it'll be a little different, but I think it helps them a lot too without – that Purdue doesn't have fans. And I was more wishy-washy on this game earlier because like, I think Iowa still has a lot of unknowns. They'll be starting a different quarterback. It's not Nate Stanley coming back for his ninth year. Um, <laughs> but it's, I, I was scrolling through Twitter about an hour ago right before we did this, and I saw a report that Purdue could have five to six guys out due to COVID, and Rondale Moore is one of them. Wow. Stud wide receiver could be a first-rounder. He'll be and worth like, like two points to the spread too. I know. And then like they, they get David, David Blau back too. He's a, he's a good quarterback. Much rather David than Blau. last year. Yeah. I swear he was gone like three years ago. No. He played the bowl game. He started last year and he got hurt. I'm pretty sure. I, th- I think you're. Yeah, dude, he's on the lions. 
He started for the Lions play. last year. Yes. Who was it? Their starter. All right. They had another guy. Wow. I was way off. They had another guy who started week one last year and is actually all right for half. Then he like Jack Plummer. It was no. I think it Someone is. Else. He sucked. I saw him oh. quite a bit. But if that's the case and he's starting for them, yeah, then I really like Iowa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I had the wrong quarterback. That makes me like, like Iowa a little more. So that's all I got. Yeah, I like Iowa. Their offensive line, I shockingly, because normally it's Wisconsin, but I think Iowa's going to have the best offensive line in um, uh, the Big Ten this, uh, this season. And they also got, a, uh, I think, a transfer from Northern Illinois that's starting to get a little hype for um, their defensive line. Uh, if he's an impact player, I think Iowa's going to be able to control both the line scrimmage on both sides. I think that's going to be really important here. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm betting this right now. If Rondell Moore doesn't play, this this spread's going to tick up, 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 and up. Yeah, um, that it will. Yeah. Go, go, go Hawkeyes. Let's go. I actually really like yeah. that. Um, another one you bet we tweeted out earlier. Nice little CLV, too, getting six. Um, Kentucky comes to Missouri. Ooh, Eagles interception. Um, nice. Total sitting I'm, at 40. I'll see that playing about two minutes. <laughs> total sitting at 46 and a half. Missouri is currently getting five points now, uh, plus 175 on the money line. And give me the handicap for the Missouri Tigers. All about the spot here. I'm like long term, not super high on Missouri this year. Uh, they outgained LSU by 100 yards, which was surprising because when I was checking my phone for most of that game, they were losing for the majority. But props to them for winning that game. Uh, but it's all about Kentucky here for me. Uh, Saturday was their first win in Knoxville since 1984. So a little bit of a historic win for them. And Stoop said after the game that he was going to celebrate and he's going to enjoy some bourbon and cigar. Uh, I just don't see how Kentucky gets up for this one. It's a tough spot. And like maybe they carry the momentum over, but I really like Missouri. They got that huge win against LSU and then they get a bye in the middle. Celebrate for a week, do your thing. And now like you have home field on your side. You can carry that momentum through, give them some confidence. Maybe Missouri is not that bad. I think Kentucky also plays down to their opponent's level sometimes. And I, I see this one being pretty close. I don't see Kentucky really blowing anyone out, except for Tennessee last week. Just really poor showing by Tennessee. But I like Minnesota here. Or Minnesota. I like Missouri here. Even at five, five and a half. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, they have a freshman quarterback that I think is very, very good. Um, and I just think Terry Wilson sucks. The Kentucky yeah. defense, I think, showed out last week. A bunch of, bunch of plays on the ball. They were again in the backfield, but I, I that offense just struggles to move the ball, and they rely on their defense to provide them good field position. And I don't think that's going to be as easy against a Missouri offense that uh, frankly looks pretty good so far. Yeah, they except for that game at Tennessee, like against Bama in the second half, they played well, and then obviously against LSU, they dropped what 45, 48. So yeah, something like that. Yeah. All right. Let's hit um, let's hit this round robin. So um, for people who might not know, a round robin is where you you pick. I mean, you can do it with spreads, but I don't recommend that just because like parlaying spreads is normally the best thing to do. Um, but a round robin is where you could like take um, money line dogs and it'll create all the different combinations and put them into like two or three team parlays, however you decide. So. Um, We'll we'll just kind of go through it. We'll make uh, the sharp side round robin. How about that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, We'll do it in sort sort of a draft. Um, I want to go big here, so I I we'll we'll put we'll put five in here. Um, I really want Rutgers money line in this, just because it'll be what four to one, four and a half to one. I, I forgot to look. Let me check. I bet you it's bigger than that. Really? Hmm. I'm seeing 375 on one, four, 410 on another. So right around 400. 400. Sounds good to me. Where where you want to go? For my number one, UAB. I think Love, UAB yep. wins. Yeah, so that's easy. We, 
most of these that I throw out, we will have already talked about actually all of them, but yeah, yeah UAV is my first pick. Uh, I, uh, Indiana is, is I'm just convinced they're winning this game and I'll, th- I, I really want to throw Cincy in there too. I mean, like we, we need to make sure at least, at least one of these is a winner or else that'd be kind of embarrassing. And since he is, is the most confident I am in one of these dogs winning this game. Yeah. That's how I felt with UAB, but I also feel really confident in Minnesota and Iowa state. So that's my two and three right there. I mean, screw it. Why not? We'll, we'll have seven in there or what was that? Six. Oh, Oh, I thought we were doing five each. Oh, I'm good with five each. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm also going to have Minnesota in there. Um, so my five would be Cincinnati, UAB, Indiana, Rutgers, and Minnesota. Yeah. I, uh, I copycatted you on a few of those. Um, Minnesota, Iowa State, UAB. Those are my three kind of sensible dogs, like not super big dogs on the money line. But then if you want to get bold here, I like Pitt and Rutgers. High variance game for Rutgers. And I think Pitt just hangs around. And if they make a play or two at the end of that ball game, who knows? So that's my five. And like, if you want to throw in Missouri, Ole Miss, yes. some of those games, would not hate those either. Yep, completely agree. A lot of good dogs to be bet on this weekend. I'm very excited to watch college football on Saturday, even Friday night. Like I even kind of like yep. Wisconsin uh, laying the lumber. Um, anything else? Yeah. This is a good good pod. Oh yeah, we went a little long today, but we yeah, really we like this week's card, and I, I got a good feeling this is gonna be another winning week. Oh, I'm convinced. For the Sharp Side Podcast, it has been a pleasure. Thank you guys all for listening. Don't forget to uh, follow us on Twitter at the Sharp Side Pod. We we're tweeting out games on every window. Um, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Uh, and guys, just tweet at us. Check out our website. Um, Austin just wrote a "How to Be a Better Better" article. It's very good. I, um, I, hi- I would highly recommend everyone read it. Um, yeah, I wish you guys the best of luck on all of your bets this weekend. And uh, James, thanks again. And let's go win some money, baby. Yep. Thank you guys for listening.